This podcast brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Uh, apparently it wasn't enough to, uh, have a guy run down three Girl Scouts and one of the Girl Scouts' moms uh, in Chippewa Falls. Uh, there's now the story on all the local news sites of a 10-year-old girl in Chippewa Falls uh, charged with first-degree intentional homicide in the death of a six-month-old boy. I saw that. Accompanied by her parents, the girl sobbed throughout a 10-minute bond hearing in Chippewa County Circuit Court where Judge James Isaacson order held on $50,000 cash bond. Uh, No one's identifying the girl because her case likely will be referred to juvenile court, but under Wisconsin law, first-degree homicide charges must initially be brought in adult court if the accused is age 10 or older. Okay. Wearing a colorful striped skirt, a black hoodie, and pink sneakers, the girl buried her head in her mother's arms, moaning and crying as Chippewa County District Attorney Wade Newell described the charge against her. According to Newell, police uh, responded to an emergency call on the afternoon of October 30. That would be a week ago today. A six-month-old boy at a licensed daycare center in the rural town of Wheaton, just west of Chippewa Falls, was found unresponsive and bleeding from the head. The baby was taken to a local hospital and then flown to Gillette Children's Hospital in St. Paul, and the child died November 1st. Uh, probably thankfully, huh? Uh, I'm thinking at this point, um, yes. Police questioned one adult and three children who were present at the daycare center. They quickly settled on the girl as the prime suspect, said Chippewa County Sheriff James Kowalczyk. According to Kowalczyk, the girl said she was holding the baby when she dropped the infant who hit his head on a footstool. When the baby cried, she panicked and stomped on the child's head. Uh, I don't know how to deal with that kind of darkness. Uh, ten, you're obviously— You're, you're beyond the age of reason well, at ten. Well beyond the age of reason. I just don't know. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. You never know where darkness will spring from. It's just, it's horrifying. Okay, walking through this, even with a the onset I think of, there are clues here. Okay, of some type of panic. Well, go ahead. A local doctor who examined the baby determined that the injuries were not accidental. Although the girl's biological parents were with her in court, authorities said she had been removed from their home in September and placed in foster care with the same family that also runs the daycare center where the infant's death occurred. The reason the girl was placed in the foster home was not disclosed. It's not been a good morning for Chippewa County, Kowalczyk said, referring to the infant's death as well as the continuing investigation into the deaths of three Girl Scouts and one of their mothers who were hit and killed by a truck Saturday near Chippewa Falls in an incident that resulted in a homicide charges 
against 21-year-old Colton True. I, 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 there was I, no saint either. <clears throat> I mean, I've watched, I've watched kids all my life, right? In their inter, in their, uh, in their relationships with other kids, and I've never, I've, I see a, I, 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 I routinely see a six-year-old, literally caring for her two and a half-year-old sister, right? I, I don't know where this comes from. I, I don't know how to deal with this kind of darkness. And when you're at that age, there's an innocence that's supposed to be from within. My my seven year old, <clears throat> my seven year old son, uh, goes to daycare in the summertime when he's not in school, and he felt so bad one time because he accidentally dropped something on the foot of a two year old, mm-hmm. and he literally started. I, there's supposed to be an innocence at that age. There's supposed to be this inherent fear of of being in trouble for the for the most minute thing. Well, but here's the one th- a clue to this. A clue to this. Uh, if 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 clue could even be applied to this, uh, is that this girl uh, was uh, placed in foster care. With the, so there must be some. There was trouble at home. Must be some. Uh, must be some tr- uh, history of of behavior that we don't know anything about. I would suspect abuse. I don't know. I don't know that. Well, to to what would happen normally? Uh, describe the account early on. What what was the official? Um, the baby slipped or fell. She and- dropped the baby. She holding the baby and she dropped the baby and she. Okay. Baby, she said the baby hit her head. Baby hit his head. And the baby started crying, and she panicked, so she stomped on the child's head. Okay, that's that's where everything separates. If a 10-year-old does that normally, they might sit there and look at that baby and go, oh, no, I dropped the baby. Let an adult know that we have to correct this situation and, and right this. Uh, and that's where the really bad, ugly turn came, where she was going to try to take care of this problem, what she thought, uh, on her own. Just think of what darkness has come to western Wisconsin in the last three weeks. It's it's uncanny. The murder of the Clauses, the mm-hmm. disappearance of the 13-year-old, the, the running down with a pickup truck of three Girl Scouts and one of the Scouts' moms, and now uh, a 10-year-old uh, who is charged with homicide and the death of a six-month-old. But all within... Uh, what, fifty miles of each other, right? If that, and and now this young soul of ten years age, ten ten years of age, um, her life is basically uh, never going, obviously never going to be the same. But I don't know how they're going to work her incarceration. And look at the link between the last two stories. In the case of the Girl Scouts, and in the case of the foster home, you have what what you would suspect to be well-minded people who were trying to do the right thing to make the world a little bit better of a place. Mm-hmm. The Girl Scouts trying to go out and just clean up the highway. The, the the foster home with the daycare just trying to open up their doors to take care of this girl because she needed a place to live. And in both cases, that it, it backfired in a horrific well, way. Well, there's just such, it's just, it's, it's, I don't have the wisdom of Solomon for these cases. I Joe, when I saw this headline yesterday, 
I couldn't even bring myself to read the story. What are you doing, Rook? Uh, switching over to CNN. Oh, just inside you to see everything's going on. Oh. Um, what I don't understand is uh, a ten-year-old at the daycare center. The adults, you know, a ten-year-old you would use, like you said, Joe, a six-year-old carrying a two-year-old. That ten-year-old is supposed to be a helper. Would want to yep. be like the, uh, the the daycare center providers saying, "I want to help. Let me uh, let me do this." Well, let me ask another question too. What what time of the day did this happen? Did you read that part? I'm, I have, forgive I'm me not if, sure they gave the time of day. Because why wouldn't she have been in school? <clears throat> I, we don't know much about the 10-year-old. I'm trying to see if they do and they are doing. And they are trying to protect her identity. I'm sure things will leak out. It was out. on the afternoon of October 30. Oh, afternoon. For all okay. I know, uh, she was in school that she day. Was home I, school. Or, or maybe she is not. Uh, maybe she's not being schooled right now for some other reason. It's a horrible situation. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't know what, uh, you know, the parents are obviously going through a, a horrific time. And then you try to, uh, uh, for a 10-year-old, how do you, I, I don't know how I would handle that. I would be furious, of course. Uh, I don't know what kind of anger I would have toward that 10-year-old because she's so young. She's not so young that she shouldn't have a deeply developed respect for life. I, I agree with that statement. And yeah. so what we're seeing uh, in the case of the Kloss family murder, in the case of the run-down Girl Scouts, and in this case, there this, this lack of respect for the sacredness of life is profound. And what's alarming is you just, these are three cases in, in supposedly bucolic rural towns. Where am I going with this? Which to me suggests that no, no environment, no community, no nowhere is safe from this, from the profane. No, nowhere is safe from the profane, which seems to be trumping sacredness. Mm. The guy who gunned, uh, ran down the Girl Scouts had such a uh, profound lack of respect for life that if he d hadn't killed those girls, he was fated to kill somebody, if not himself. Right. Uh, we don't know yet why t uh, a mom and dad were murdered and a 13-year-old has disappeared. But I don't know what had to take place in the formation of this 10-year-old girl, girl's life to, to cause her to have no respect for life. Such an immediate reaction to try to solve the problem and, and, and not thinking it through, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hide this or I'm going to stop this baby from crying. I, I, don't, I guess that's what I don't understand what well, was she going probably, through her mind. She, well, the report says she panicked. The baby was crying. I, uh, but 
I would like to think that all of the kids that I know uh, everywhere, once they, oh my gosh, I, I did this bad thing, I dropped the baby, unfortunately, help. Mm-hmm. Not, I need to hide this. Uh, that's, uh, I'm, I'm thankful that nobody I know was has ever been that burdened with worry, with screwing up. Because that must have been her first and foremost thing that she was worried about is, I screwed this up, uh, I'm going to get in trouble. The larger point being, we never know anymore where uh, where this darkness will swoop in. We just don't know. It's anywhere, obviously. Anywhere. Anywhere, anytime. Anywhere, anytime. Cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Thanks, GB. What's up, Brian? GB Layton letting us use his uh, music. Former uh, front porch bumper band. That's right. Contestant. That's right. Thanks, GB. How long ago was that? Boy, that was a long, you know, when you do 25 years on the air, you kind of forget it. But that must have been in. Uh, oh, they let me play with them, remember? Yeah. I think we did Sweet Jane. Oh, cool. I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah. Say, my pillow inventor and founder, Mike Lindell, has come up with another great product designed to help you sleep better the My Pillow Mattress Topper. Three unique layers designed to provide superior support, distribute body weight for ultimate comfort, and regulate your body temperature to keep you comfortable. Zippered removable cover is also washable and dryable. You don't have to spend thousands on a new mattress. You can rejuvenate your mattress with a MyPillow mattress topper, and Mike is extending a great offer to GL Podcast listeners. Now through December 31st, you can save 30% on any size MyPillow mattress topper and get two MyPillow standard pillows when you enter the promotional code GL at checkout. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the mattress topper button on the homepage, and enter the promotional code GL at checkout. Thank you. <clears throat> CNN had a story today featuring Minnesotans. What do we got? Are we being mocked? Is it? Uh, is it? What was this? Uh, Jello salad? Is it one of those deals no, where they're no, not really in no, touch with it? No, no that was no. upsetting years ago when mm-hmm. our our Fourth of July treat was Jello salad with uh, raisins or grapes oh. or whatever it was. Young people in Minnesota see a new cause: voting can save our lives. What? It's been a long time since a Democrat has represented the uh, third district of Minnesota. Uh, and, and so long that young voters seen as key to this battleground haven't been alive to see one. So CNN is lamenting uh, the fact that uh, Minnesota's third district uh, has been represented by a Republican since 1961. Ah. And they're they're lamenting that. And uh, incumbent Representative Eric Paulson has won his Five elections has easily won his five elections, uh, but now the seat is seen as a key pickup opportunity for Democrats. Uh, Hillary, for example, won the third district in 2016. Okay, a little turnaround. Uh, the challenge, uh, the challenger this year is Dean Phillips, and he believes his route to victory can be helped by people who have never voted before, by young people motivated by the Parkland school massacre, for example, and other generational issues. One of those supporters is Sam Simonette, 18, from Minnetonka, uh, who is committed to voting for the first time and says he is far from alone. Uh, Here's young Simonette's quote. 
I think young people are starting to see that voting can save their lives. Voting can put people in office that are going to make decisions and create policies that will help them stay alive in their day-to-day life. Huh? Uh, and, and people can stop hurricanes, too. Right. If only the right people get elected, you can, you can stop hurricanes. God. Now, he's a well-spoken young man, and, but it speaks to me of what he must, how he has been educated wow. to, rely on the, to rely on who you elect. To keep you alive in your day to day life. I, uh, I've Obviously, never... the, the, he's referring to he would be. Uh, I, my suspicion would be he would be a great proponent of of tougher gun laws, believing that that would somehow protect him. Oh. Um, I've never thought a politician getting into office, whether I voted for them or not, was going to keep me alive. That's not what I look for. No, that's my problem. No, that's the last thing. In fact, that's not even the last thing. It just wouldn't even come up. Uh, uh, well, the concerns of youth are what persuaded Phillips to run, according to Dean Phillips. He's 49. He says, I have two teenage daughters, and I watched that election with them that night in November of 2016, and I remember their reaction, their fear, their anxiety, and their tears, Phillips said of Trump's win and the Republicans retaining control of the House and Senate. I I've, I was around children in 2016, and they did not have fear, anxiety, nor tears. Uh, if they did have tears, it was probably because Hillary lost. Remember, the, remember, Hillary was the one that did not have the concession speech prepared. Phillips said uh, his uh, uh, kids, uh, his daughters, represent an entire generation that I think has realized that they too have a responsibility, a unique responsibility to take action. And I made a promise to them uh, the next morning at the breakfast table that I would do something. Phillips is a liquor heir and grandson of Pauline Phillips, the Dear Abby columnist. Did you know that? I did not know that hmm. part. I know he was the uh, the heir to the uh, liquor throne. Became a first-time candidate, one of thousands who stood up after Trump's elections to try to effect change in the midterms. And from the outset, he's called on young voters to help, setting up his dean's list, get it? <laughs> to attract the newly enfranchised and get them to the polls. Uh, the team... Uh, I the, do like the little truck he does drive around with. That That's impressive. Yeah. The, teams, uh, the team is aware of the stigma about younger people. They just don't vote. And Phillips shares the harsh statistics of turnout at a meeting of his young supporters. But we're going to change that one girl shouted. This could be the year that the youth turnout increases sub- substantially and has an impact on the outcome of key races. The Paulson-Phillips battle. People are voting right now in the 3rd District. Uh-huh. The Paulson-Phillips battle ranks third on Tufts, Tufts University's list of congressional districts where young people have the potential to swing the result. There was a pretty funny thing on Twitter yesterday saying, oh, I thought Dean Phillips' first name was Hypocrite. Because in the in the Eric Paulson ads, oh, right. that's what he calls <laughs> Hypocrite him. Hypocrite Dean Phillips. That was, Dean was his middle name. It right, was like, hyphenated. Sleazy Dean. <laughs> I guess we went after Dean because he has a fancy car. Right. Yeah. And a haircut. Uh, never apologize for having money. If you have money, you do not need to apologize for for having some money. A new national poll from the Harvard Kennedy School's Institute of Politics showed significant increases in engagement with young people, with 40% of Americans under 30 saying they definitely plan to vote in the midterms, compared with 23% who said the same thing in 2014 and 31% in 2010. Uh, College student Simonet pledges that this year the talk will turn to action. Uh, he's the fellow who thinks that who you elect can save lives. 
Uh, I think Parkland was really the biggest turning point in U.S. history for young people because the day after and the weeks after marches in the streets were happening, he said. I just want people to know that being young doesn't correlate with being uninformed, he said. We are not lazy teenagers sitting on the phone. We see a lot of the effects of policy in everyday life in school and the policies implemented in school. And most of the policies are affecting young people more and more with college tuition. Well, young man, I could counsel you about college tuition. Uh, Colleges uh, are in an unholy marriage with big government. And uh, that will never end so long as big education is not brought to Washington and sweated under the Klieg lights, just like big tobacco, big insurance, big pharma, big oil, big big everything else, big insurance. Uh, It's big education, and they're in an unholy, holy union with big government. Mm -hmm. Uh, Simonette's viewpoint doesn't stop with his own vote. He's even influenced his 91-year-old grandfather, Bob Small, who told Simonette he will vote for a Democrat after a lifetime of supporting Republicans. He just saw through the lens of me, Simonette said. Okay. I'm waiting to get to the climate change part. Paulson has been a successful vote-getter in Minnesota's 3rd District, even as as it has swung between Republican and Democratic presidential candidates. Now he sometimes distances himself from Trump, and his campaign website paints him as bringing hardworking, reform-minded leadership. Uh, His campaign did not make him or anyone available to CNN to talk about their battle and the youth vote. Aha. Uh-huh. In his district, even high schoolers too young to vote are determined any youth wave will not be a flash in the pan. Got to get to it here someplace, don't I? It's gotta, it's climate coming. change has it's to coming. be coming. Yes. It's got to be mentioned, doesn't it? Eleanor Dolan, 15, and Braden Johnson, 17, said they were motivated by the Parkland. These are all local Minnesota kids by the Parkland school attack where 17 students and staff were killed and by active shooter drills in their own schools and seeing Parkland survivors becoming politically active. Dolan campaigns for Phillips wearing a shirt commemorating the March for Our Lives that students led after Parkland and is committed to voting uh, even if that is two cycles away. Hmm. All right. Come on, i got to get to it. Here it is. Come on. It's got it's to be. Last in. paragraph? What do you got? It's CNN. It's got to be in here. It's got to be in here. Uh, and they mention uh, Parkland survivor David Hogg, who uh, has hit the road to endorse candidates. Uh, even if we got a fraction of the kids that walked out to vote, the millions of kids that walked out to vote, even a small fraction of that would make a huge difference in so many elections across the United States, Hogg said during a stop at a New York school registration drive. Hmm. Uh, all right. Come on. Get to the climate stuff. Go. Get to the climate stuff. It's got to be there. You found it? Many issues from... Global warming yep. uh, and the environment yep. to immigration, yep. police brutality, mm-hmm. and sexual harassment motivate young voters as with any other. Let me let me say something uh, so our euphorian listeners do not become angry with me. I don't uh, blame any school kid for uh, wishing not to be shot. I also wish that for them. Okay. I, I think it's dreadful. It's horrific. You're on record. Yeah. I got to teach the kids. Mm-hmm. Of the super magnet theory. Which is, again... You got to hang a giant <laughs> magnet over the earth and suck up... It'll it'll just suck up all the guns ever made. Boom. Armies, cops, hunters, sportsmen, private okay. detectives. All the guns got to be gang members. Boom. Right up there, the giant silver and red super magnet. Right. And then you'll, you'll get, again, you might get a couple of walkers and stuff like that. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. It'll get mixed oh, in. Oh, my bike. But, yeah. Right. Yeah. my bike. Cool that's, bikes. that's how it's going to have to be. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> it's all or none. 
I just am uncomfortable with the increasing uh, belief of so many people that government is the answer to the problems they, they sense. Uh, government is not the answer to a deranged school shooter. Government can't stop a hurricane. Government can't stop sexual harassment. But these young people, uh, at least the ones CNN has been able to put on record, uh, they believe that the government is hands down the answer. They're, they're, they have to be being taught this. Well, I'm sure that's that, that's been uh, from day one, even though uh, for many it's not working. For many of the, uh, the, the conservative students that are seeing right through it, that's not working. But for the most part, that's exactly what they're saying. Many issues from global warming and the environment to immigration, police brutality, and sexual harassment motivate young voters, as with any other age group. But sometimes they do not seem to be the priorities of the candidates, says 19-year-old Ramon Contreras, a national field strategist for March for Our Lives. Identifying with the issues is what both parties are lacking right now. He said they're not pushing a message that connects with young people. Uh, Phillips looks like he has an old bread truck or something. That's exactly what it looks like, and it really it does look neat. I will give him props for that. I would like to drive that thing. Uh, and it says on the door, Phillips for Congress, government repair truck. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, all right. fix it up. The Harvard, uh, the Harvard survey suggests that younger voters skew Democratic. Well, of course it would. Right. In Phillips' case, he sees the opportunity and has been campaigning at Friday night high school football games with his, oh, it's a milk truck, with his revamped milk truck turned government oh, repair truck and pontoon boat to get their attention. And he's addressed so-called youth issues. If we don't take care of the environment, have clean air, clean water, nothing else matters. If we don't talk about college affordability, nothing else matters. Boy, has he got the boilerplate BS down, doesn't he's he? Ever to the T. Wow. He's well-schooled. And then there's some issues that are unique to younger demographics that it's important that they advocate for, Phillips said. Uh, the uh, outstanding question remains, will voters in their teens and 20s make it to the polls? Okay. Uh, Phillips believes if we don't take care of the environment, we do in this country. Right now in New Delhi, India... Uh, the air quality is the worst it's ever been. And it's the result of fireworks for uh, some religious celebration okay. and farmers burning, uh, burning crops. Okay. I see some really uh, dark skies over Ooh. India. We don't have uh, a clean air problem in the United States. <clears throat> because we've taken care of that. Well, well, for the most part. Our consciousness has been heightened. Yeah. For the most part, we have clean water. Uh, yeah. But there's nothing uh, any politician, much less Dean Phillips, can do uh, to stop a hurricane. Uh, nothing. Can't stop a hurricane. But if young American kids, if young uh, kids uh, believe that the government is the answer then they are the same people, apparently, who will be prepared to pay for that. Because that all, all the government can do is create a new revenue stream of taxes. Carbon taxes, for example. Which uh, I, I don't know why they get away with that. Well, But there's nothing Dean Phillips or Eric Paulson can do about nature. Nothing. 
to stop things. These guys can't arrive at a budget, much less you're going to tell me you can control the weather? Right. We're going to spend... Guys, we're going to spend six million on hurricanes to stop all hurricanes coming through. Well, this let's year. let's review. What's the budget? Let's review Lee Lee Dash Ann Draheim, uh, for whom Chief Offsite Correspondent uh, Kelsey has provided the telephone number. I'll call huh. her tomorrow morning. Uh, a lawsuit was brought by 21 plaintiffs, many of whom are minors, in U.S. District Court in Eugene, Oregon, claiming the federal government encouraged the production of oil, gas, and other fossil fuels, causing the planet to warm and infringing on several of the plaintiffs' fundamental rights. Uh, and then we learn in this story, it's an NPR story, uh, we learn uh, of a woman named Lee Ann Drahim, whose son, Levi, 11, is the youngest plaintiff. And... Uh, People have the right to running water, clean water, and clean air, Draheim told NPR. And then there's also the amendment with life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. One's life is at risk with health and with having to leave our home. Uh, I love the environment and I love to be outside, Levi the plaintiff said. And when I realized there was such a thing called climate change, I realized that I need to do something about it. Well, Levi, yeah. the, the climate's always changed and always will. I have personally had to evacuate my home because of hurricanes, he said. Uh, okay. And that's because of location. Well, you live, uh, I see the house. It's right there on the beach. Boom. You know, boom. Uh, Levi, who was eight when the lawsuit was first filed, and his mother have been involved in local environmental activism in their home of Satellite Beach, Florida. A lot of people say, why don't you just recycle or ride your bike more? And he does all that, Drahim said. It's not working. It's not good enough to just get individuals to do individual small things. We need to, as a country, do much bigger things. Well, I don't think I'm putting words in her mouth by, by saying that what she really means there is she wants a bigger government role in solving what she believes to be uh, a nature out of control. And she believes that if you elect enough Democrats, apparently we're going to end hurricanes. Okay. How do you get to that? How do you get so stupid? How do you get I don't to know, that because point? Because if you, if you stop that pipeline, if you, uh, if you don't use coal as a, as a, uh, fuel, you are not going to be able to access satellite beach, Florida, run your boat, uh, run your air conditioner, uh, cause you can't all run everything on solar. So she's not, it's not very well thought out. Uh, I, I wish Eli the best. Should I call her tomorrow morning? I think you should call her. Call her tomorrow morning. Because uh, she, she's, uh, she would be a good spokesperson of, of, of the symptom that I'm describing, that she apparently believes that, Nature can be handled politically. I, and I insist that it cannot be. I am not against common sense. That's what garage logic is. Based on. And I, I, I don't want bad water and bad air. Uh, and we've all done something about it. All consciousness has been heightened. Cars are cleaner than they've ever been. Yeah, you don't see black smoke uh, bellowing out of uh, smokestacks here in the uh, in the USA. I don't think there should be. No. We have found better, more efficient ways to produce things without that pollution, even though there's still some. People in this state voted to 
increase taxes on themselves in order to create legacy funding for water. Mm. I just don't, I have yet to meet a politician who I think can stop a hurricane. <laughs> John Kerry believes that it's merely political. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Billions, uh, you can spend billions on it and they'll well, stop Well, you it. get out ahead of the storm. Right, you right. get out ahead of it. Mm-hmm. Where do you send the money, by the way? Send it to me, I'll get it to the hurricane, right. okay? <laughs> I will rock you right. like a hurricane. I will send it to Johnny the Hurricane. <laughs> Or whatever they're called, Zelda, whatever it is. I got another question. Here we go. It's off topic, off this uh-huh. topic. I'll set this aside. I will call Leanne Drahim tomorrow. Uh, do you want to do you want to save it for uh, for after here? Should we take a break and come back with your thought? Sure. Okay. That's the only promise that I can make, and I think you all know. I and and I hope you believe that I'll do that. And. Thank you. And I, you know, I'm human. I'll probably make mistakes, but let's remember we all make them. And if they're mistakes from the heart, then you don't have to apologize for them. But this, this is just so remarkable. It's, it's truly mind boggling. But the one thing, you know, I never gave up the faith. When, when all, when all the experts were saying he can't win, he's the spoiler, he's this, he's that, I kept thinking back, no, that's not true, we can win. And we have won. He's got one heckler in here, hang on. My- the best place yet. <laughs> University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. It's not me, but the quote was, if you heard it, it's the best wasted vote yet. I wonder who that guy was. So how many people were there? Thousands? Uh, At Canterbury? Yeah, Canterbury, the the main ground where the the, the betting area was... It was shoulder to shoulder. I don't know what the estimate was, but it was... There were, I would say, at at least a couple thousand people there. Wow. I just... Looked it up. I just Googled, why isn't election? And then it filled in the rest for me automatically. Yeah. What, are, what do you think it filled in? Uh, why isn't, it, why why isn't the not? election finished? Why isn't election day a national holiday? Oh. Okay. Now I got thinking about it. There's this tremendous push, which I don't trust because I think that there's uh, I, I don't know what's behind it. Well, I do, but I don't want to go into it. There's this tremendous push to get more people to vote in this country. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, all of this early, about 27 to 30 states have early voting and absentee voting. And that's, we're going to see those kinds of trends continue. I will trade you. I'd be okay with election day being a holiday if you get rid of the early voting. You would be okay with election day being a holiday yeah. if you got rid of the early voting. Okay. In most that's states, a good fair trade off. Well, in most states, <clears throat> Employers, for example, are required to give you time off to vote. Yep. I uh, plan on leaving early today from here. Uh, I got to go. <laughs> but I, I will trade you. I'll go along with a national holiday uh, to vote if we get rid of all this other BS. The early voting. Yeah. The, hmm. and, and if 
I suppose if you can demonstrate, well, look, even though it's a national holiday, I'm not going to be in my home state on election day. I suppose you're still going to have to accommodate some people with absentee ballots, but not early voting. End that. It's utter nonsense. How did you know a month ago who you were going to vote for? What? So much can change. Right. It's just nonsense. It's just nonsense. And we're supposed to be gleeful about this. This this increases voter turnout. I wonder uh, why no politician has explored this, or if they have, I'm unaware of it. But Google, why isn't Election Day a holiday? And you get a lot of stories and a lot of of stories saying, well, it should be a holiday. Mm Mm-hmm. Normally, I would not endorse another government holiday, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I would in this case if the trade-off was no early voting. I wonder if they would go for Probably wouldn't go for that. Still, You still have, would have to accommodate some absentee voting. Uh, yeah, I mean. And if you can't make it to vote on a holiday when you don't have to work, that's your problem. That's tough Then beans. don't vote. Stay home. Why isn't election day on a weekend? Yeah, that's another one I saw. Yeah. <laughs> we keep trying to accommodate the lowest common denominator. We keep trying to excuse people from normal civic responsibilities. So that's my answer. Make it a national holiday. Make it a national holiday, but that's it. The only other time you can vote is if you have a legitimate need for an absentee ballot, period. Or a water bill. Yeah, right. you got to bring, bring your, your water, water bill. bill, by the way. Yeah. You got to have a water bill. <laughs> Will they accept a utility bill, electric bill? Well, yeah, but I was going to do it on my way here. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, I'm not going back home, and then so I, I will. I will take care of matters when I return. Mm-hmm. After I pick up my XL energy bill. Were you previously registered anywhere? Yes, in in Chanhassen, where I used to live. Yeah. But you couldn't vote in Chanhassen, no. Had- well, no, I thought I can't. I mean, I was still registered there. But you I'm could like, do I'm- what Pat does. You could go down to Chanhassen and vote. <laughs> right. And then go back to where you are now and vote again. And I, I was at one point registered in Faribault, mm-hmm. my hometown. Well, I could have went down there. You could vote oh, three okay. times. Boom. How's Pat doing, by the way? We learned that he fell down the other night. Uh, he was a guest on our sister station, 1500 ESPN, with Mackie and Judd. He usually joins the fellas towards the end of their show and reported that the knee had swollen significantly, but uh, for the most part, he was pain-free. Well, good oh, thing good. he didn't hit his head. He took a quite a bit of a tumble there. Fell down the steps. Huh? Yeah. You know, missing two steps at, what is he, 73? Mm-hmm. That's not something you want to do at, at 50, let alone... You know, seventy-three steps. Steps can become a problem when you get older. What, what do you just do? You just quit paying attention, I or guess, do you forget? Yeah. You lose the edge. You lose the edge of the next lose step. The edge. Yeah, you lose the edge of the next step. And see, to correctly get down a flight of steps, your toes have to extend beyond the edge of the step. So you know, there's another step. There. Right, your toes have to ex- uh, extend the over the edge of the step. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, your shoe can catch, and down you go. Boom. That, I've never been a fan of wooden steps. I always like carpeted steps. Well, I have a, I have wooden steps. See, I have more, wooden steps. more traction. Yeah. You get more then traction. you need hospital socks. Um, at our old house. What the hell are hospital socks? They got the grips on the bottom. Oh, the yeah. grips. Yeah. We used to have guests, uh, because we had a back staircase in the kitchen, which was 
made of wood and people here kept, put these on. Yes, we made <laughs> kids in the house because they would slip down, oh. just slide like a tobacco like luge, mm-hmm. come around the corner because they were they they twisted. Oh. And so we would say you have to wear hospital socks mm. so we can, uh, you know, keep can you, you buy safe. those? Did you have to go to like Target? To get hospital I think socks. I just went down to Regions and said, ah, my feet hurt. Uh, and they, you know, give you, they, those are horrible socks. Or if you have a hospital, say you grab about eight pair. Well, we got to get going because both you knuckleheads have to vote yet. I need to vote. And uh, I got my old man down at Regions right now. He might be having an angiogram. Really? Yeah, he called the, with shortness of breath. So hmm. we're going we're gonna to see what's going on with the old man. Well, plus you're going to haul him to a polling place? A voting? I'm sure he voted early already. Yeah. You know, he's got nothing to do. I voted at the NAC Hardware and Lounge. Very festive this morning. I can't wait to see what the number is when I get there tonight. All right. Um, I bet it's going to be rather large and in charge. All right, folks. Thank you. Garage Logic's podcast is online at garagelogic.com, along with Greg Holcomb's very entertaining, uh, wonderful cartoons. That is in the features uh, button of the garagelogic.com. Also, check out Author's Corner. And don't forget to vote. And don't forget to vote for us on Apple iTunes. Rate us one to five. Tell your friends and neighbors about the Garage Logic podcast, please. And don't forget, if you're going to advertise, give us a buzz. We'll talk to you. Garage Logic, we'll see you next time. Happy Election Day.